At University of Virginia Health System, we are for bringing advanced care closer to home. So we're bringing health knowledge directly to you with UVA Health System Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. U.S. women have a 1 in 72 chance of developing ovarian cancer. My guest is Dr. Susan Modisit. She's a board-certified gynecological oncologist who serves as director of UVA's gynecologic oncology division and co-director of UVA's high-risk breast and ovarian cancer clinic. Welcome to the show, Dr. Modisit. Please tell us, what are the most common risk factors for ovarian cancer? So um, most women with ovarian cancer um, don't have a family history of breast or ovarian cancer, but that would be one of the strongest risk factors for developing ovarian cancer. Most of the other risk factors are not something you can modify, but it's never having been pregnant, having infertility, having endometriosis, being older age, most women with ovarian cancer in their 60s or 70s. Uh, And again, those aren't modifiable Some things that reduce your risk of ovarian cancer are having been pregnant, taking birth control pills for at least five years in the past, having your tubes tied, or even having a hysterectomy, and obviously having your ovaries removed. Um, But we don't recommend that for most women. So if women want to reduce their risk factors, but they've already passed the time when they might have, you know, gotten pregnant earlier or taken birth control, any of these things, are there some things that they can do? Um, Again, being aware of their risk factors, if they're past the age where we would recommend doing birth control pills for risk reduction, um, and we wouldn't recommend surgery unless they were very, very high risk, um, there's not a lot more to do besides the things that we recommend, recommend for reducing your cancer risk overall, which are maintaining a healthy weight and exercising. So those are two key factors in a lot of cancers. Not as much ovarian cancer as some of the other ones, but those are the things that people can do. Dr. Modisit, ovarian cancer has been called silent cancer. You know that people have heard that there are no signs and symptoms until it's progressed a bit. Tell us about the symptoms of ovarian cancer and what red flags might send up that would send us to see you. Well, so the hard part about ovarian cancer is unlike some of the other women's cancers like breast cancer or cervical cancer where we have good screening, ovarian cancer doesn't have any screening, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but the symptoms are very vague and very subtle, and and women mistake them for other things that they're just going through menopause or getting older and and kind of um, let it go to the back burner. So the the hallmark symptoms are um, feeling full. Um, When you start to eat, you feel full very quickly, feeling bloated, um, and having abdominal pelvic discomfort. And the hard part is, again, these are pretty common symptoms. And if you think about, for example, pregnancy, which a lot of women go through pregnancy, it takes a long time before a mass gets big enough for it to really impair things. And so women often don't know that they have a mass on their ovary or their fallopian tubes until it becomes um, fairly obvious. So the kind of, again, the hallmarks are bloating, feeling full, and abdominal discomfort. And that happens more times in the month than not. For example, it happens at least 12 times during a month. If it just happens once in a while, once a month, once every other month, that's not something we worry about. But if it's a persistent thing, they should come and talk to their doctor. As you say, these are common situations for women. We feel bloated Sometimes all the time, you know, (laughs) discomfort. These kinds of things are so common for women, whether you're younger or older. 
So 12 times a month or all the time, because Mm -hmm. that's the confusing thing, Dr. Mata said, is that women don't know when they're being too alarmist. When do you really go see your gynecologist and say, I'd like to get checked for ovarian cancer? Right. I would would err on the side of caution. So if it's something that is persistent, again, not just happening once a month, I would go and talk to your doctor about it. Um, The things we can do, again, I I mentioned earlier that there is no good ovarian cancer screening method, um, but if you're having symptoms, there are very good methods to evaluate that. For example, uh, an ultrasound can look at your ovaries and your fallopian tubes and also look into the abdomen. You know, CT scans can be used, again, only for symptoms, not for screening. And there are some blood tests that can give us a clue that there might be a problem. But again, this is to evaluate symptoms. So there are no screening tests, and you can evaluate symptoms. And then what happens, Dr. Madison? Right. Well, let me talk just a little bit about screening for a second because people do. There is a lot of information in the lay press that you should go in and you should ask your doctor for some of these tests. For example, an ultrasound to look at your ovaries or a blood test called a CA-125 to screen for ovarian cancer. And the hard part is these tests are normal often in early stage ovarian cancer, uh, and they can be abnormal in benign conditions like endometriosis or fibroids or things like that that aren't cancer. So, again, they're good to evaluate symptoms, but they don't pick up a cancer early, which is what we would want for a screening test. We're actually doing a lot of research on some other novel things like short RNA fragments and microRNAs to try and find another way to screen women for ovarian cancer. But as of right now, there's not any screening for normal risk women. So then what? If you do get into your doctor and you have been diagnosed with ovarian cancer, what treatment options are available at UVA? So treatment options have improved a lot. There have been several breakthroughs. We're still not where we want to be, which is why we have a lot of clinical trials to continue to evaluate better treatments. But some of the the new breakthroughs have been using intraperitoneal chemotherapy. So the first step is usually, not always, but usually surgery where we remove all of the tumor that we can that is visible, and then sometimes you can give the chemotherapy right into the abdomen. And ovarian cancer spreads on the surfaces of of the organs in the abdomen, and so giving the the chemotherapy right into the abdomen has been shown to vastly improve survival for women. Um, And so that's been a breakthrough. Um, Looking at some of the more targeted therapies, um, it's something that we're looking at and have included some in clinical trials. And again, having uh, an advanced uh, surgical procedure, either before chemo or after chemo, uh, improves survival. And so those are the key things about treatment for ovarian cancer. Does a complete hysterectomy eliminate your risk, then, of ovarian cancer? Well, so a hysterectomy is removal of the uterus. Uh, a salpingo-oophorectomy, we like to make things hard to name so that only doctors know what we're talking about. Absolutely. But removal of the uterus is a hysterectomy, removal of the tubes and the ovaries is a salpingo-oophorectomy. And so to really reduce your risk of ovarian cancer um, to as low as it can go, you need to have the tubes and the ovaries removed. There's a, a bit of a theory now that much of ovarian cancer actually starts as small cells that are abnormal in the fallopian tube that then get spread into the abdomen as tiny little cells that then all grow up together. And that is Part of the reason we think the screening that we have doesn't work. It doesn't start as a small area that gets bigger and bigger and then spreads. It starts as small areas that spread and then all get bigger. Um, so it's, it's just a really tough disease right now to find early. 
One thing we haven't talked about that I do want to mention is I talked about family history a little bit earlier. And so for women that are considered very high risk, and these are women that have a family history of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, or carry one of the genes, the BRCA mutations that put those women at almost a 40% risk of ovarian cancer and 85% risk of breast cancer. Women with that situation, we actually do things much more aggressively than we do in women without those risk factors. Those women we follow very closely. We do some screening, and we do recommend that they have surgery to remove their tubes and their ovaries once they have completed childbearing. Um, Again, because we know the screening doesn't work very well, and they're just at such high risk. Instead of a 1% risk, they're at a 40% risk of ovarian cancer. So we don't want to take that chance. And so we do risk-reducing surgery. So if women have the BRCA gene, it puts them at a higher risk. And then it's just a much more aggressive approach to prevention. Please tell us, Dr. Modisett, why should women come to UVA for their ovarian cancer care? Well, there have been a lot of studies showing that you need to go to someone that's an expert. And so what's called a high-volume center for surgery, for the option of getting clinical trials or um, intraperitoneal chemotherapy, these are things that we do every day. And so the benefit of coming to UVA is you um, see women, uh, well, women or men, physicians, who are top doctors for cancer and have access to all of the newest options. That's really great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Susan Modisett, and you're listening to UVA Health Systems Radio. For more information, you can go to uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.